G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, by now you'll realise that we're just a week and a bit away from the federal election and already people have been doing pre-poll votes and postal votes, so the voting in one sense has already begun for the federal election. But in the lead-up to the election, let's spend some more time today talking about the leaders that we might choose, whether they're our local federal candidates or whether we're thinking more broadly about the leaders, like the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition. Let's talk about choosing leaders today and whether our biblical Christian faith has something to add to the way that we might make decisions. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch back with us. Hello, Bill. Welcome to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, this is one of those very interesting questions because sometimes I get the impression that a lot of Christians have somehow rather separated their Christian faith from voting day. And there are some things, aren't there, that the Bible sheds light on when it comes to the choices we make when it comes to the people who lead us. Yeah, well, that's absolutely right. Uh, Sadly, there is a big divide between what a Christian might do on a Sunday morning and uh, what he does come polling day or even the rest of the year. Uh, thankfully, we do have in the West, for the most part, a real role to play in determining who our leaders will be. Uh, not every country has that privilege, of course, so we really should be uh, making good use of it and not take it for granted. And, of course, the Bible speaks a lot about our citizenship in two kingdoms, not just next life, but in this life, and uh, our responsibilities to Uh, you know, be salt and light in this world, to look after uh, not just church things, but political things. So uh, a lot to think about during an election, and we really do need to bring that Christian thinking back into play here and not just look at politics as something out there irrelevant to the Christian faith. Bill, people frame Australia as a secular nation these days. Uh, Of course, we can reflect back to Christian heritage, Christian beginnings, Christian shaping of our society, and right through to Federation and into the 20th century, so many wonderful Christian foundations. Those things do seem to have been forgotten by many, or they've been written out of history. Mm. Uh, There is something important, I imagine, in rediscovering those roots that have made us who we are and believing God for his blessing on leaders to take us into the future. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, There's no question that Australia, like America and other countries, have had a decisive uh, Christian role to play in the formation of the nation. Uh, In fact, there are entire websites here devoted to that. Australia's Christian history is one which looks at just uh, how many amazing Christian individuals and ways of looking at life went into the formation of Australia. There really was a lot of Christian background 
there. And uh, so that's one thing we forget or ignore to our own peril. But even today, as you say, even if we're largely secular in many ways, still, uh, God is concerned about government. The Bible speaks often about government, about leadership, about rulers, princes, and kings. So the Bible has a lot to say, and even though we're not a theocracy, we're not like ancient Israel, certainly still the principles found in God's Word, especially in places like the Proverbs and Psalms, have a lot of bearing on how we can think about choosing a leader today. The idea of righteous leaders and doing good things, the city prospering under righteous leadership, those stories that we'd be able to look to in the Old Testament of the unrighteous leaders and uh, the reproach that comes upon a nation because of that unrighteous leadership. Do you think all of those sorts of things still hold true today? Oh, absolutely. The moral principles expressed there. Uh, reflect an unchanging God who's uh, always a holy God, always a righteous and just God, a God who always hates injustice, who always hates evil. Uh, And while we see God everywhere present in the Old Testament dealing with nations and rulers, we tend to think today, well, maybe it's different. But uh, I don't see any reason why God is still not uh, actively interested in nations in our rulers. Uh, So if we apply the Old Testament principles, I think we get a good case to be made that God is concerned about this election. He's concerned about Australia. He's concerned about America and so on. And he has preferences. Jesus taught us, remember, to pray that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, So that means, among other things, we pray, right, God, what is your will? For Australia, July 2nd, 2016, what is your will? Do you have a preference in leaders? Are there uh, principles of leadership, at least, that you would like to see uh, taking place here? So I think we can learn a lot, as you just mentioned, the idea of righteousness exalting a nation. Uh, The Bible talks about God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Uh, You know, any number of uh, character traits, for example, In other words, you have to know a bit about politics, economics, and so on, but also character counts. God is concerned about the kind of person who would lead a nation as much as some of the other areas of expertise. Well, Bill, I guess when you are praying about the leader that you might elect to power, that's not the same as putting on a blindfold and then mm. pinning the tail on a donkey. Mm-hmm. You mentioned having a few of these skills, understanding what's going on, uh, very important. Uh, what do you think of these surveys that have been getting around, uh, surveying the parties, surveying mm-hmm. the candidates in, yeah. in individual electorates and, and, and coming up with where they stand? And is it useful to access those in making your choice, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Here, uh, ignorance is not a virtue. We have to know all we can about the parties, about the candidates. Uh, We have to vote uh, in an informed manner. And as you just mentioned, a lot of groups, especially for our point of view, Christian groups have done this very thing. Family Voice, for example, has just released their guide to how the candidates think about a number of key issues. There's also something called the Christian Values Checklist, which anybody can look up on the web. We do this for all the national and state elections. 
gives about, say, 25-odd questions to about the six, seven, eight major parties where they stand on anything from homosexual marriage, the safe schools issue, whole range of topics, so that will help you. Where do the parties stand? Where do some of the candidates stand? That is all stuff we need to know. As you say, you can't go in there blindfolded. You can't just flip a coin. That is not being responsible as a Christian. We need to know uh, what the parties have promised or what they've done in the past and vote accordingly if they more or less reflect biblical concerns. And Bill, your opinion on the minor Christian parties, and there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. when we talk about the Christian Democratic Party or uh, the groups like Australian Christians, the Rise Up Australia Party, Uh, you've got others like the the Democratic Labor Party, the DLP, Uh, Mm -hmm. and you've got other groups that have Christian foundations like Family First and uh, even the Australian Liberty Alliance. These sort of groups, are they worthy of us putting a one in? in the uh, first preference and then uh, taking our second preferences to the major parties? Yeah, oh, look, I think so, absolutely. Um, you know, to be honest, most of them will probably not get in, but we always do get a few, right? We've had family first candidates get in and so on, sometimes holding the balance of power in the Senate. So, you know, that's important. Uh, also, it, it, well, it sends a message. It lets people know as more and more kind of get happy, unhappy with the two main parties that they're looking elsewhere. And, of course, also if there's enough votes for a given small party, uh, some government funding starts to kick in, and that can be quite helpful for future campaigns. So there's a lot of reasons why it may be good uh, move indeed to run with one of the smaller either Christian parties or family parties. And uh, it can do uh, any number of good things for uh, the days to come. And Bill, uh, quickly back to the Bible, because we often talk about the Bible and wisdom that you might gather Mm. from the Bible about uh, things like this. Uh, Who do I vote for? Uh, Mm. Does the Bible shed light on wisdom in how we actually would cast a vote? Uh, There's lots of proverbs and uh, there's lots of scriptures that are uh, sort of easy to remember oftentimes, things that actually encourage us maybe not to tell us who to vote for, but to uh, talk to us about the sorts of values we ought to be expecting. Yeah, well, that's right. There's plenty of principles, general, moral, and other principles that can guide us as we think about who to vote for. Um, For example, even in America, uh, you think of somebody like Trump. Some people hate him, some love him, but uh, he seems to be a pretty proud guy, a fairly arrogant guy. Well, you know, the Bible talks a lot about he resists the proud and, you know, the proud he will pull down and he'll raise up the humble. So even something, you know, a generic moral principle like that uh, can come into play when we think of somebody like that. So there's a lot of other, uh, as you say, Proverbs and Psalms that really speak to the issue of rulers. Uh, Another whole category, for example, is not putting your trust in princes or in horses or in armies, not making, you know, ungodly alliances with others. This was all for Israel in the Old Testament, you know, that God was ultimately your protector, not a pagan nation. It's not to say we can't have uh, alliances today, but if we think we can just get by as a nation with our own strength, our own military, and so on, if we forget about God, uh, that's when we can get into trouble. 
So even having Christian candidates who do acknowledge God, there can be a place for that. doesn't mean we abandon the military and so on, but there are some of these bigger principles that Scripture speaks to, which I think are still quite relevant even for Australia in 2016. And broadly, if we looked at Proverbs 29, verse 2, when the godly are in authority, Mm. the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they Mm. groan. I guess the challenge is uh, working out if wickedness or righteousness are in the ones Mm. that we'll be voting for and uh, with the expectation that on that biblical wisdom, uh, we'll get who we voted for. Mm. Well, that's right. And there is, uh, you know, again, in some of these uh, evaluations of the parties, you see uh, some are certainly open, uh, if not to God, at least to religion, religious freedom, and so on, whereas other parties are actually quite closed. They're hostile to Christianity, hostile to religious freedom. I mean, hate to say it, groups like the Greens are very outspoken in, in their wanting to strip away even more Christian freedoms and force more ungodly outcomes on the nation. So that would be part of what you weigh up as you consider who you might vote for. Well, Bill Muhlenberg, always good getting your insights, and I'll point people to your blog site. You can simply Google Culture Watch or go to BillMuhlenberg.com and lots of articles about the sorts of things we're talking about today on Bill's site. Bill, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks again for having me. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.